Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. How you doing, bud? I'm doing good. How was your weekend? It was really good. It was so good. So we had fun yesterday on the national show, which is always um enjoyable that was four hours instead of five hours and by the fourth hour it's like well what do i do with the rest of the thoughts that i have you're a celebrity now vaughn and that was like yeah two shows on the network and now i mean i i don't open my own doors anymore i uh i i, I ask for no eye contact in the building when i walk by salespeople. um please look at my shoes they i'm wearing my nice blue uh lebrons today please look at those admire those but no, so that was great. Had a had an awesome date day with Vanessa on Saturday. We just went down to Chagrin Falls, and we just did the we, we kind of jumped around the different spots down there. And I found exactly the right mix of walking around a, a beautiful small town like that, that little town square. Yep. And exactly how many uh, drinks gets Vanessa to tap out on date day? It was two. It was two. <laughs> By the second cocktail, she's like, I think I'll just have water. She was like falling asleep at the third place. I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, I just, I just am a little tired. And she swears she doesn't sound like that. It's all I hear. <laughs> like she gets like Southern Valley girl, like real quick there once she's got that second cocktail. But no, it's great. It's wonderful. How about you? It was all right. Went to the auto show. Got to uh, check out some of the uh, the latest and greatest in automotive technology. Now, do you go? Do you prefer to see the new cars, or do you do you prefer to to see the classic cars? I go more for the classic cars. So I really love it because I I do love trucks. You guys know Silverado, Sarshon Chevrolet, SarshonChevrolet.com. Cheap plug. Um, I love to always look at the new trucks. After that, I'm not going to look at all the sedans. I'm not going to look at the minivans. Just get me. Go, I'm going to go from the trucks to the classic cars as quick as humanly possible. Not a lot of sedans out there these days. It's all about the crossovers and the SUVs and the trucks. And the, I would say if there was one disappointing part of the auto show, mm-hmm. besides the, the size of it, because it's a lot smaller than I'm I'm used to, mm-hmm. was um, but how the, you use the auto show, I would say. The amount of uh, electric vehicles that were locked. Like mm. you couldn't get into them. Why? I Elon don't know. got them on lock. Uh, apparently not. You just you got to see the outside of them. <laughs> but right. um, Keith is chomping. Well, at I was the just going to ask. Like you, you included minivans in that. I was like, I don't, how many I, people are going to an auto show to look at minivans? People go to look at all those cars. Hey, like they, you, you. Everybody has a car type. There are absolutely people out there. Listen, they had I'm the, not shading minivans. When I moved back, or when I moved to Charlotte, I had to rent a minivan for a week, and I will tell you, they're lovely. The, I just look ridiculous in them. 
All right, so there's Minivan Hive, at Nick Wilson says, at Keith Britton. Oh, I'm not saying there's anything against him. I'm just saying, like, I don't know that people are going to an auto show seeking out. Uh, I got to see what the go newest and the latest new minivan is. Whatever, whatever model you're Listen, looking for. They had dump or you trucks can just go to a, a parking lot where, where, there's, where they sell cars and look at them. You can go save a lot. Oh, wow, look at this one, Dolores. It's the 2022. <laughs> like... No, the car dealership down the road. They have them sitting all out on the lot. Okay, but it's not a car show. That's one spot. And then you got to deal at the wrong car spots. You got to deal with the pushy well, salespeople. Engines that one got Keith, in it. Keith, Keith's the guy that goes and looks at the Amazon work vans that they have on display. <laughs> yes, the, the conversion vans. vans. Yes, so, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Keith, you know. Oh, watch out for Keith. All right, 216-474-0092. At Nick Wilson says, what, Keith, what's your handle? At Keith Britton? 86. Uh, 86. I wonder what that number could be. You, you have to have a number after that, your name, apparently. That's fair. Because you're not Keith Britton number one. Somebody, somebody snagged that I'm 86th in line, yeah. Um, but at Keith Britton 86, when you go to an auto show, do you go and look at all the cars, or have you ever gone just to look at minivans? It's okay. You don't have to agree with me. By the way, social media reactions on X, powered by Shivan Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. But uh, that sounds lovely, by the way. And yes, you are right. The classic cars are always the best thing. I'm putting a poll out, by the way. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's not going to be skewed to your line of thinking. I'll let you read it. Oh, okay. When I get it done. All right. So we'll have that afternoon drive. Uh, afternoon nine two three F A N. Good God, can we change that handle so I can remember it better? Um, all right. So I had a lovely weekend. You had a lovely weekend. Minivans had a lovely weekend. But we welcome back Anthony Lima today on the station. I give him credit. He he waited for one segment before firing a shot across my bow. And obviously last week you and I got into the Russell Wilson stuff. I think everybody on the station kind of got into the situation in Pittsburgh, whether it's die or not. I talked about it on the national show yesterday. And that has Lima in full assault mode this morning. When did we become a Pittsburgh Steelers station? Because it had never been what I had heard over the last three weeks. It had never been that in the history of our station, that we had just focused on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Every day, every show, call in, making fun of the Steelers. And I'm like, why is it the Steelers? If anything, I'm not making fun of the Steelers. That's not me. So if you want to go after one of the other ones, fine. I didn't make fun of the Steelers. Oh, it was a lot of Nick. I, I'll, I'll admit all right, it. it Nick. I'm, not, I'm not sitting I over here. telling them. This is what I've seen, and I've seen our Facebook posts. I've seen our videos. I've seen, you know, Nick even, I had just seen, screenshotted his topics for CBS Sports Radio, and it was, you know, going deep in on the Steelers. And I'm like, this is the low point of the Steelers. In the last 20 years, this is the low point. This is our high point. They're kind of the same yes. place. They're kind of the same spot. Which well, they is, both made the playoff. Which is like, does that put it in perspective? Like, their lowest equals our highest over the last 20 years. Well, it depends on what you so think So should of. we be making fun of them if that's the case? I'm not. And I, why are we not focused on the Ravens, the team that won the division, or the Bengals that when they have a healthy Joe Burrow, they're competing for Super Bowls? I, that's different. Ken's defensiveness in this is probably my favorite part of the whole thing. Where he like gets gets upset that Lima might be pointing that he's been making fun of the Steelers. I have no idea why that was. He, but he was shaggy in the conversation. It wasn't me. But that's a good line. But with that being said, um, when am I allowed to enjoy the Steelers rivalry? Like when am I because here's the thing, I wasn't allowed to enjoy it when Ben Roethlisberger went something like forty three and eight <laughs> over the Cleveland Browns over like a fifteen year period. I wasn't allowed to enjoy it when they weren't any good. And now I'm not allowed to enjoy what is, yes, yes, it is It is a low bar for them. It is a high bar for us. But I think so much of what our take is about Pittsburgh is informed in the fact 
that we actually do think that the Browns are pointing upwards and the Steelers are pointing downwards. Why? Because you have stability on every spot. You might not have full-fledged answers at every spot, but you do have stability, and Pittsburgh is turning over another new OC. Pittsburgh is just desperate for any quarterback. Guys, We get, here's the thing. Desperation doesn't always mean you'd make a dumb move externally. Desperation would be if they kept Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph and brought in some seventh-round pick to battle for a spot. So Pittsburgh clearly is desperate, and here's the thing. Just because it is the rock bottom for today doesn't mean that it is the end of their free fall. And I think if you look at it, if they continue to, while the rest of the NFL goes in, in a hell and high water to find a franchise quarterback, if they keep doing this Humpty Dumpty crap, this if they keep doing this, yes, they're going to start losing more. And so they're in a very precarious situation. But get to, to get back to the greater point here, we're talking about it because they are the rivalry. Like, I, I personally dislike Baltimore more than I, I, I dislike Pittsburgh because Pitt, uh, Baltimore, to me, is completely fraudulent in every one of their claims. And I've been through that. Cincinnati, there's a better on-field rivalry right now with Cincinnati. But do you know why we talk about Pittsburgh? Because the rivalry's back. So it is asinine to me that you talk about the state of the Pittsburgh Steelers because, yes, listen, the number one thing is if you could win the AFC North next year, that would be a huge step in saying cementing yourself because that means Deshaun's probably healthy. That means back-to-back winning seasons, all this stuff. But just get to the big picture here. Yes, you do gauge yourself against your division rivals. And even though Pittsburgh has tried to deny, they can't anymore. They were so pissed off about the T.J. Watt thing. That's funny. They were so upset that anytime you talk about their quarterback situation, they make some offhand comment about Deshaun Watson. They are triggered. For the first time, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, of which, by the way, about 15% of the listening audience is Steelers fans. I don't know if you've been out to Manaway County. I don't know if you've Manaway County, Portage County. I don't know if you've been out Manaway Way. I'm telling you, there's a lot more Steelers in our backyard now, and they're a lot quieter. Why? Because they're shook. So this idea, Lima's Mr. Police here, one, we have 25 hours a week. So just quite specifically, if I talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers for two of those hours out of 25 hours, I'm sorry, we're really still not cutting a, we're we're still not the Pittsburgh Steelers affiliate here. Two, yes, we're trying to gauge each other against the other teams in the division, specifically one team that had boots to your ass for 20 years. So I would like to know from Anthony Lima before anything, 216-474-0092, can I enjoy this rivalry? Or can I only enjoy the rivalry if it's one-sided like you seem to only enjoy the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry? Is that the only kind of rivalry when it's one-sided? That's when you can talk mess? Or when it's even for the first time in 20 years, am I allowed to go ahead and make a jokey joke at the expense of them who's chasing Russell Wilson, which is exactly the kind of desperate, dumb thing we did for 20 years? The Yinzers have been laughing at the Browns' incompetence for the last quarter century. All right? The tables are finally starting to turn a little bit in the Browns' favor. So, yes, it's completely acceptable for you, me, Browns fan, to go full Danny Shelton, J-O-P, baby, all over the Steelers at any given moment. Like, well, that's 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 the fun of it. Like I, I also think, like, I'm not trying to, di- di- to direct off the conversation with the Browns, but, like, we don't have the quarterback conversation. We don't have the, the the head coach hot stove conversation. So we have more time because the Browns aren't a dumpster fire. 
We have more time to look at the other teams. And by yeah. the way, we did talk to Bengals. We talked about the Bengals with T. Higgins for two straight weeks before we knew he was going to get tagged. And we have talked about the Ravens. We talked about Lamar. We talked about that right after. We just happened to be talking about the Steelers because they're conflicting reports about whether they're going to get out of their own way with the quarterback spot. Yeah, and and look, um, I kind of feel like the Steelers are back to where we saw the Browns from 1999 to 2020, Mm -hmm. where, you know, they're searching for answers at the most important position. After having Big Bun and having that answer for nearly two decades, well, they're back to where the Browns are. They're looking for the next guy. And guess what? It ain't Mason Rudolph. It isn't Kenny Pickett. No, no matter how much they want to talk themselves into it, how, and you're the person to answer this, how many former Browns quarterbacks did you try and talk yourself into? This guy might be okay. Most they might of be, them. They, 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 they <laughs> might have something here, right? I mean, do, should I go alphabetically? Yeah, yeah, should I do. go chronologically? Uh, there was uh, Brady, uh, Brady Quinn. I almost said Brady Anderson. That would have been a hell of a portmanteau. <laughs> no, initially there was Doug Peterson because okay. he came in at the end of the season. Then there was Spurgeon Wynn because, you know, Tom Brady was from the same draft class. Then there was uh, Trent Dilfer, Charlie Fry, Derek Anderson, but then that was proven right, only to be disproven. Then Brady Quinn, then Colt McCoy, then Seneca Wallace and Jake DeLome, then Jason Campbell, Brian Hoyer, Brandon Whedon, Johnny Manziel, Brian Hoyer again, Johnny Manziel, Josh McCown. Then there was RG3. Then there was Deshaun Kaiser. Cody Kessler was in there somewhere. Then there was, oh my God, now I'm blanking on the most recent one. Who am I missing? Earthquake. Oh, RG3. That fake SOB. No, you already said him. Well, him twice because he was extra fake. And then we went back to Josh McCown. Then we went back to Deshaun Kaiser. Then there was a smattering of Tyrod Taylor. Then Baker Mayfield. Then Case Keenum. I've heard Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> I talked myself into that slap ass. Oh, and then we got Deshaun Watson. So, you missed Connor Shaw. Oh, damn it. You know what? And, R- and- erase that whole thing from the Odyssey. I, I went through all those names and forgot Connor Shaw, which Johnny Benzel has not. Uh, you, you all you also missed Austin Davis. I, I don't know how you could miss Austin Davis. Those Did were the two Jeff best Garcia? days of his life. He was all over Cleveland Sports Talk Radio for uh, about two and a half days. And the great Nick Mullins. Oh, Mully. We didn't call him that, but we should have. You're right. You're right. I should only talk about the Steelers if they're a three-win team. Right. Nope, Lima's right. Why is anybody talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers? It's not like they're one of the... Uh, the teams that has kicked your your butt for 20 years, and now you actually are on even footing with them. Why would you do that? Why would we talk about a team and whether they're doing desperate things like the Cleveland Browns have done, right? Nope. You know what? Rest of the show. We're talking, do the Browns need a new punter because Bajorquez is a free agent? We're going to go ahead and talk, um, oh, uh, should Kevin Stefanski still be on the hot seat? We're going to talk about why this isn't really all that impressive of a season because, you know, we can't just give the Browns their flowers. We have to pee on them after we get through the season. Who's going to call plays? Like, that? that's an existential crisis you know going what? into 2024. 216-474-0092. Who's calling plays for the Cleveland Browns this year, and why does it matter? 216-474-0092. Do you cut Jack Conklin? Do you bring him back? I got to know. Um... You Punter. have three tackles. You have three. You can only play two at a time. What are the Browns going to do? I know I'm not supposed to to talk about uh, drafting a kicker, but 216-474-0092. Do you draft a punter? 
Do you do it? Is that too desperate? How high is too soon? It's the combine. Should we be scouting punters today? Should the Browns trade Miles Garrett at the peak of his value, coming off a defensive player of the year? I mean, listen, the Browns have only made the playoffs two times in four years, which is two times more than the previous 15 years. We can't enjoy that. Until they win a Super Bowl and until the Steelers have the number one pick, I swear to you, none of you are allowed to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers and what comparatively is a low spot for them. Nope. And you know what? How, don't even think about enjoying the Cleveland Browns. Feel shame for yourself because you don't have an answer on Deshaun Watson. Feel shame for yourself because they, they got blown out in the playoff game. That completely erased an 11-win season that was one of the more fun times we ever had. Also, what do we do? Joe Flacco, 216-474-0092. I mean, should, should the Browns trade Deshaun Watson this offseason? I kid. Lima is invited to to call into the show because I just want to know when I can fully talk smack or enjoy the, the, the comparative downfall of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I want to know how bad they have to be before I can have a little bit of fun. How much do I have to punch down before I'm allowed to punch across? Punch even? I don't know. Punch neutral? I don't know. The jab. point is jab. Yes, thank you. Lima uh, took uh, time out of making fun of me for not going to Ohio State and hosting an Ohio State podcast to uh, to take a shot at me about talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback situation last week. And in fairness, he did then go into talking about how everybody on the show talked about it. Um, and I would say because it's uh, relevant news in this division. If Baltimore, last year, Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. They were looking. They they were looking to see whether they're going to get a long term extension there. We talked a lot about Lamar last off season. Um, Joe Burrow. We haven't really talked about a lot. It's been more about is that a rivalry? Is it not a rivalry? But I think what's interesting is I when I hear Lima talk this morning, or when I heard him talking about this, or there's still the Steelers are still on a pedestal. And I I will say you can respect what the Steelers have done the last sixty years and still not necessarily kowtow to that logo. And while the Steelers have still been a winning franchise the last seven or eight years, they haven't been to an AFC title since 2016. They haven't been to a Super Bowl in over a decade. They've got three, uh, I think it's three playoff wins since 2012. And by and large, they've kind of been closer to the middle of the NFL than the entirety of the 2000s in that decade where they were consistently in the AFC title game or they were near the Super Bowl or in the Super Bowl winning the Super Bowl, something like that. So should we still have the Steelers on a pedestal there, Daryl? No, I, th- I think that they get knocked off the pedestal. The Ravens are the team in the division right now that's it's on the pedestal. You could argue the Bengals because the Bengals uh, – have uh, you know been to multiple AFC championship games this particular decade? They've made a Super Bowl uh, this decade, but no, I I, I think this. I actually I'll, I, I'll I have been waiting for at least twelve years for it to be the end of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. Okay, for and I've been wrong all twelve times, but I feel like each of the last twelve years, I've gone into the season and been like, yep. This is the year the Pittsburgh Steelers fall off the cliff and it's the beginning of the end for them. Mm-hmm. And every year they just find a way to not do that. Mm-hmm. They they find a way to stick around. And um, I think as long as Mike Tomlin is there, they're going to be stuck in the cycle of mediocrity, mm-hmm. which is I feel like that's where they're at. 
And it's hard to say they're in a cycle of mediocrity when you win 10 games, you make the playoffs. But let's be honest about it. They were a threat to nobody in the playoffs. The Browns, at least going into the wild card game, the Browns were a threat. Didn't anticipate them getting their doors blown off by the Texans. But like going into that game, I, you know, I'm like, even in my head, I'm like, they need some things to go their way, but the Browns could make some noise here. I, like, just I never felt that about the Steelers making the playoffs. To what you were saying, though, like beginning of the season, it was the Bengals that were the, the top of the pops. Right. The last two years previously, it had been the Bengals that were the team we all paid attention to because of Joe Burrow. I think going forward, it's still going to go through the Bengals because of Joe Burrow, because he's the guy, like if all that guy has to do is stay healthy. Now right. they have to help him stay healthy, but like, okay, so am I only supposed to talk about the Bengals? Cause I think the division goes through them. And I think it's interesting. Like I, yeah, guys, I think the Ravens could take a step back next year. I think no, they will. I think they will. I mean, they, I don't know. They're going to tag uh, Justin Matabike. Matab- God, I'm butchering names left and right here. But they're not going to tag their star defensive lineman. Um, Jadavian's a free agent. Like you start to look at all the free agents they have, and yeah, they still have Lamar, and they 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 can take a step forward. But like, I'm not afraid of the Ravens going forward. You well, you're already year. seeing the national pieces talking about how the Browns are the team to mm-hmm. take the step back next uh, next season, which is predictable. I think right. a lot of that has to do with the coverage of Deshaun. It right. doesn't mean they're wrong, by the way. You can be. Especially with the I, defensive line and be, you know, and, I don't think they're analyzing the Browns. With, I don't, I, I don't think the Browns are ever going to be anybody's team that they pick in the preseason because it opens up a can of worms. Right. I, I think, and again, it is valid to say if Deshaun doesn't stay healthy, can you do that again? And the so second half are, of the season, they became became a team to root for mm-hmm. because of Joe Flacco. I should also point out. I let some some Cleveland Browns quarterbacks families down in my little rant there in the first segment. Here are names that I've known to have missed during my rant where I tried to mention every quarterback I talked myself into, which was every quarterback that the Browns have drafted or acquired, signed, traded for since 1999. All 36 of them. I missed Kevin Hogan, Stanford's finest. Fly high, Kevin Hogan. I'm sorry. Jeff Garcia, that one-year blip where he had the playboy wife who was from here and then he signed here and then completely fell apart because they didn't put him in a system that actually made sense for Jeff Garcia. Jeff Garcia, I apologize to you, sir. Brock Osweiler, you were really only here because of that second rounder. We bought a second rounder, but he, hey, good for you. Uh, I think I put Jeff Garcia twice here. Luke McCown, the forgotten McCown in this exchange. So I would like to officially apologize to all the quarterbacks that I forgot that have played for the Browns. Bruce Gradkowski. Another one, forgot about Bruce. Uh, there are just so many, so damn many of you. Uh, you know, Charlie Whitehurst, football Jesus, even though he he saw very few snaps in his time yeah. here. But he did, He, you know what he did see? A lot of very happy photogs because he had lovely, illustrious hair. Josh Johnson, uh, another one of those. Did, did somehow, some way avoided the uh, the pain of having to start for the Browns but had to, to take some snaps. Um, Terrell Pryor. The converted quarterback to uh, receiver. Mm-hmm. Wait, ended. wait. I got to put him on the quarterback jersey when he, he was a wide t- receiver? He, t- he took snaps. Those were wildcat uh, uh, wild snaps. Joshua Cribs took snaps to quarterback. No, I'm, they're not on the jersey. Oh. No, no, okay. no. We're not doing this. No, I will apologize to the people who actually played quarterback here. The people just lined up on our center. No. What, what about uh, Trent Richardson played in the Wildcat? Do yeah. I got to list him? Right? Sure, why not? Uh, Go well, for it. Didn't William Green have a Wildcat package? Because remember, Ronnie Brown brought it back. 
oh my gosh, like oh five, oh seven. That was Miami first started the Wildcat, and everybody copied it. I want to say it wasn't run William run, but one of the William Green runs was a Wildcat option. Not calling him a quarterback. Okay, not a quarterback. I'm drawing my line somewhere. Damn it, a man's got to make a stand. That being said, um, I think what's funny is. If you asked every Steelers fan, would you rather have the Steelers quarterback situation or the Browns? I think a fair amount of them, almost to a man, they would say they would like the Steelers quarterback situation. Yes. I, I thought I thought you were going to Nope. I nope. thought you were headed in a direction I was going to No, they would rather Mason Rudolph start for them. And I think what's wild is I think that if you asked a majority of Browns fans who who maybe don't even follow the, the Steelers quarterback situation that, that closely – would you rather the Browns quarterback situation or the Steelers quarterback situation? Yeah. And I think I think at least 50% would say the Steelers. And I think those 50% are dead-ass wrong. Well, we'll never accuse Steeler fan of being smart. Well, that is true. Uh, shallow genetic pool, a uh, lot of missing teeth, a lot of yins, a lot of all that. Yins and outs, as it is, instead of ins and outs. No, it's pretty good. Uh, I came up with it on the fly. However, I think they're wrong. I th- uh, listen, I'm not here to tell you the Browns are in one of the best quarterback situations, but look around. Look at the quarterbacks we you, we went through in that last segment. Every damn quarterback, known to man, that we deluded ourselves into thinking had a chance to pull the sword from the stone and be good. Right. And what what's different with what P- what's Pittsburgh's done in the last five or six years? What's different than what Pittsburgh's done in the last five or six years and what the Browns did for 20 years? It's been Duck Hodges. It's been Mason Rudolph. There was Josh Dobbs Hope. There was, you know, one-armed Ben Roethlisberger. There was Kenny Pickett because, well, he was right down from the road here, and we know him, and they talked himself into that. They talked themselves into Mason Rudolph about three or four more times. They've done the quarterback jostling, and what's been amazing is it hasn't killed them. Like, their worst finish is 8-8. and That is the surprising part of all this. They're doing what the Browns did for 20 years prior to Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson. And some way, somehow, Mike Tomlin's keeping that thing together with duct tape. But I think people just assume, because that is what has been, that is what will be. And I'm going to make a very bold prediction now. Keith, please timestamp this. Put this in a folder somewhere where if next January I'm wrong on this, if this happens and I'm wrong... Please feel free to bring it out. Are you going to jump in the lake if you're wrong? Uh, no, no, no. My boys can't handle that February weather on the uh, the midsection there. Well, neither could Hughes. That's yeah. why he waited till July. And here's the thing. You hated seeing Hugh Jackson's ass in Lake Erie? <laughs> Literally like, and figuratively. Yes. Yeah, you're going to hate seeing mine a lot worse, all right? It, it will blind you. You think the eclipse could damage your eyes? Wait till you see my full moon coming out of Lake Erie there. Now, that being said... um. If they really do, if their plan is we're going to bring back Mason Rudolph, Kenny Pickett, and some seventh-round pick, they're going to have their first losing season under Mike Tomlin next year. I am guaranteeing that is going to happen. You, This is the reality of the NFL. You can piecemeal things for a while, all right? You, honestly, you can do what the Browns did with Joe Flacco. You don't get to kick the can down the road on quarterbacks to this extent. If you get Russell Wilson, I think they'll have a chance to win the division next year. Because if you put the same numbers Russ had this last year in Denver in Pittsburgh, they're winning They're winning more than 10 games, believe it or not. Because that's how bad the quarterback play was for most of that season. But if you just run it back with these two absolute duds in Pittsburgh, in a year's time, 
I, let me put it this way. In a year's time, Deshaun stays healthy, plays 16 games, 17 games, 15 games. I think there's a chance that we talk about the Browns stacking winning seasons for the first time in forever. Um, I don't see there being a road out. It's just running it back. And the, and the continuity that you've had from Baker to Deshaun, even though you've had lapses of not being able to play um, Deshaun because of the suspension and then injuries, there is... Like, there is a huge benefit to going into every offseason not having to ask yourself who's going to be the starting quarterback next year. You have a different different conversation, which is can you keep him healthy, but you don't have to go into every offseason wasting draft picks, wasting um, money, wasting effort, mentality, trying to build your entire offseason around a quarterback that you don't have yet. When's the last time the Browns had back-to-back winning seasons? And I confess, I had to look it up because it's been so long. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Subscribe to at that within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 88-89? Yeah. You nailed it. 88-89. I, I, I put my arms up six. like I won with that. Nobody really won with yeah. that nugget. And 89, they uh, went 9-6-1. and one. And 89 is the last time uh, that they have won the division, the old AFC Central. And then, of course, prior to this past season, it was also the last time that the Browns finished ahead of the Steelers in the standings. So thankfully, at least one streak is, has been ended. The Browns are finished a season ahead of the Steelers. But that that's just incomprehensible when you think about it's been that long since they've been able to, to win a division. DC on Twitter saying Ken Dorsey. Forgot to, to all the Dorseys, uh, including Ken, John, Jimmy Jack, did you say Jason Campbell? Yes, okay. I did. I remember that one. There were so many. Like, that was right around got... the time I had to go and take yeah, in a breath okay. to, he, to start mentioning the second round. Just want know? to make sure he didn't get lost yeah, in never, the weeds there. Never. He played I mean, at there, least 10 games. There were people in town that were talking themselves into Jason Campbell being the savior of the Browns franchise. I never said savior, but I liked it a lot. We've archived all the past episodes so you can hear what you missed, but don't miss the next live episode of Carmen and Lima's Emerging Podcast Scene, Tuesday and Thursday mornings at 10.15, presented by Extend Technologies on the 92.3 The Fan Extra channel, part of the Odyssey app. We might disagree on sports, but they do a hell of a podcast there. They do a hell of a show. That was fun going back at Lima today. I missed our wars. Three weeks. Yep, Lima a little backed up. Because Ken's too damn dignified. All right, Ken doesn't want to get in the, he doesn't want to, he doesn't even want to get in a fight with the people in Pittsburgh who keep trying to go after him. I, Lima and I are the two people who like, it's a yin and yang. We need, we need that, uh, somebody else to kind of pick on and, and mess with. So you're, I appreciate that. You're like siblings. 
You fight, you, you fight like brothers. Trying to think of something clever to say. I don't have anything clever to say. So I will just say, yeah, that's an apt thing here. I used to be uh, I used to be his, uh, his 2020 guy on the, the Saturday show. That's where it all started. Takes me back. The dewy slopes of 2014. But uh, with a little bit of news coming along here. Uh, the Raiders, uh, sorry, Adam Schefter reporting the Raiders are not going to hit a tag on Josh Jacobs. They're running back. They're expected to try and re-sign him, but they're not going to end with a franchise tag. And the Giants, not expected to uh, use the franchise tag on Saquon Barkley. Uh, listen, I think Josh Jacobs is a really nice back. And I think if somebody signs him and gets him away from the Raiders, I think you're going to have a really nice back. I, I, could he have a, a Derrick Henry-type run where he just dominates? If you really build around him, I who knows? Saquon Barkley, I know the injuries are a thing. Man, I'm telling you, if I if I have that situation where I I need a young court like uh, Houston, you put Saquon on the track in Houston with C.J. Stroud, and you add one more weapon around that, that could be a lethal offense to deal with. I understand. I do understand the whole point that you don't want to sink too much money into running backs. I have no idea how a guy how they pay Daniel Jones four years, 160 million dollars, yeah. and then you let Saquon Barkley hit the open market. That's just to me. It's like McCaffrey. If if Saquon finds his San Francisco, there are gonna be a lot of people looking really stupid for their we don't pay running backs twelve million dollars a year takes. Well, Saquon's like the one guy the Giants actually promote on their team. He's like the only player <laughs> worth promoting on their team, yeah. uh, and they don't want to pay. They didn't want to pay him, and and that was I I think the because as soon as that whole thing like got resolved last year mm-hmm. to get him through this this past season, like all their stuff was. Saquon Barkley on social media and it's like all right so he's the only dude on that team that's worth promoting to your fans but you don't want to lock him down and and you know take care of the guy like what I'll give you another one you know who should sign him Chicago yeah Chicago with a rookie quarterback DJ Moore you're probably going to spend that ninth pick on neighbors a kid from LSU you go quarterback one, wide receiver nine. And you'd have to one. think that whatever quarterback the Bears throw out there, infinitely better than the trash the Giants put out there every week. Oh, Daniel Jones. Gosh, it just irritates me. Also, a little news. Uh, the Maction. Conference realignment is coming to the Mac. Welcome back, UMass. They had a hell of a run there for about four years. I remember them being in the college for the NCAA 2014 and being like, why is UMass in this conference? Well, now they're back, <laughs> having had so much success for a decade outside of the MAC. Now they're back to 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 really lose more, and I, I appreciate that. Welcome back to the MAC. So Start we'll, starting in twenty twenty five. So we're going to get more on this later in the show and after Zach. But uh, the Cavs actually did win last night against Washington. Golf clap for them. But it was a close that's, game. That, that's about all it deserves is a golf clap. Yeah, I mean, Washington is a team that you housed multiple times. Or, sorry, you housed the first time, then there was that close game. You, still, you probably should have curb stomped them last night. Yeah, they're not good. And honestly, they're they're awful. And right now, they're, <laughs> they they're, are. They're, they're, they're smack dab in the middle of, they're not tanking because they don't have enough talent to trade away to tank, right. but they're a bad team. And last night was, a, was really tough to watch. And, and if they keep this up, nobody in DC is going to care where they, whether they uh, you know, play in DC or Northern Virginia. I think that's a very good shot that you just took at both the Wizards and I think <laughs> uh, Northern Virginia and Washington, but uh, Darius Garland 
the stats look good last night, but you know the the end all be all here is that you kind of eked past Washington, and Donovan Mitchell after the game took to his turn to defend Darius Garland. I'm on social media, and I feel like people aren't giving him the benefit of the doubt. And you know, I'd like to speak on that because I think it's. You know what I mean? I think at the end of the day, he's he's a kid that's proven himself not only to this fan base but to this league. You know, what I mean, so ready to rag on a kid for what one half of a season? I think that's BS. So uh, I've been waiting to say that, and I've been waiting, meaning to. So I'm, I'm glad I'm waiting tonight, just because he's he's continuing to find his way. Like you know, we it's been two months, and you know he's figuring out, slowly getting back to it. But at the end of the day, he's he's going to be there for us. You know, I understand that come playoffs, come whenever, like we need we need him, and he knows that, and he's continuing to build, and we got all the confidence in him. But you know, too. The way people have been talking has been ridiculous, to be honest with you. So we got his back. We know who he is, and you know we'll be good. So I don't know who he's specifically referring to, whether it's people on this station, whether it's Cavs fans, the the nebulous media, the NBA media, whatever it is. But I was just, you were the first person that I thought of because you've covered so many of these games. You've seen you've I mean been at the arena for so many of these games. What do, you, what do you think about what Donovan had to say about Darius and backing him up? I, I kind of think that Donovan has a lot that he's been waiting to say. Uh-huh. And it's like just like a slow rollout of the things that he's been waiting to say, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I think that a lot of the perception that fans and even media have of uh, Darius is driven by the all-star season that he had, right? Made the all-star game, and so the expectation was naturally and understandably so that he's just gonna be he's gonna be a perennial all-star. He's gonna keep, mm-hmm. you know, repeating that level of play. And let's be honest about it. Darius is a good player. I don't think he's a great player, not yet. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the trajectory for him has leveled off a little bit. Like I don't feel like the trajectory is still on the incline. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's leveled off a little bit. Um, we talked about uh, last week uh, after a game, and I had said, yeah, his numbers were great. He had 18 and 10. It was his first double-double, but it was a pretty sloppy double-double. Uh, he had four turnovers in the game. Uh, I don't know that he really was uh, able to see the, the the floor as cleanly as maybe uh, he's accustomed to seeing uh, because of uh, you know some of the, the length that the Orlando Magic were throwing at them or whatever, but like, I just feel like the trajectory for him has kind of leveled off a little bit. And because of that, right, because the expectation after he made the all-star team like, got almost to a fever pitch, that because he's not recaptured that level, mm-hmm. that is what's leading to some folks maybe being down on him uh, a little bit. I'm not going to speak to whether or not I think it's fair or not because we're all entitled to our opinions. I But I do feel like it's fair to say that the trajectory for him is not where it was after you know right during that all-star season. So I guess I would go to say I mean Donovan even kind of says it in what he said having a bad half season. His numbers are down, his scoring's down, his three-point shooting is down, his number of field goals uh, uh field goal attempts per game is down at, I believe two shots per game which is significant. Um I actually agree with Donovan I think some of the discourse, listen, I think there is the eventual conversation, which is do you have to choose between Darius and Donovan, which I don't think is for today. And then there's the should Darius be playing better? And I think if you put everything through the prism of the injury, I, I, I like I'm going to give the kid a pass. 
Like, I don't look at, well, he's just not playing who he was last year and it's on him. I mean, I think you have to leave some grace with a guy coming off injury yeah. who in the end has only played 32 games to date, which I believe is like, miss, I think he missed like 20 games, something like that. So am I a little concerned that there could be a confidence element to this? Yes. But I think people have gone really hard at Darius. And I've, I have seen in the in the way we talk about this team, two years ago when I first got back, I mentioned I would have traded Darius for Donovan two years ago, and you would have thought that I I spat on the president or something like that. You thought you no, you were trying to trade LeBron? Yes. And my point at the time was, well, I think Darius is going to be Donovan eventually, or some caliber close to that. But I'll take the sure thing now. If I had to, two years later, I think there's a fair amount of Cavs fans who this off season would like Donovan to commit to the team so they can trade Darius. And I think we've gotten to a point where it's no longer Darius is over here and Donovan's got to meet that level. I think Donovan, in the eyes of a lot of Cavs fans, has surpassed that. Yeah. And I don't know that it's fair. And I will say, I think, like, kudos to Donovan for sticking up for his teammate. There's a bigger conversation about Donovan constantly complaining about the media we can get to. Right. But, like, I, some of this might be, I think he sees Darius struggling and he's trying Likely to help him out confidence. And, and, and show him, hey, I got your back. Yes. You keep doing what you're doing. Yes. I got your back. I'm going to try and, you know, hold the dogs so off for a little bit. That's while you what get I heard was, hey, Donovan's got a lot of clout right now. Fans are really digging what Donovan's doing. And Donovan's going out and saying, that's my little brother. I can say it. You can't say it. Back off. And I, I thought that was really cool. I think that's what a leader does. Like, I think him saying that, I think that's exactly what he should be saying about Darius, knowing all the other ins and outs of that relationship that we're not exactly privy to. Well, for all the uh, talk about Donovan not committing to the Cavs, and look, that that's not a Donovan thing. That's just an NBA star thing. Not a lot of stars commit to, to their teams uh, long-term, mm -hmm. okay, because they want to keep their options open. They want to keep the pressure on the front office to – put winning pieces around them, right? Yeah. Um, but here's what I'll say that I really love about Donovan off the floor. And we have had this conversation. I feel like his messaging, when he does have things to say, I love when he's like, I've been waiting a while to say that. Like, mm -hmm. I, I love when he does that. I, I'm not being sorry. I'm being a little sar sarcastic, facetious, but I, I really mean this deep down. His messaging is on point and has been on point. And it is not of a guy that's got one foot out the door or mm -hmm. that's looking for the escape hatch. So I give him a lot of credit. And I do agree with you. I think he did the right thing last night. But Darius, at some point, got the switch got to get flipped back on. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.